CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. My name is Mark Striegel coming to you from Maplewood, New Jersey tonight. That's right. Uh, located about 20 miles outside of New York City, about you know, you know Times Square area, probably about 20 miles from there. Yeah, so we're gonna do another metal raps tonight. My 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 brothers, the two Mitches, not literally my brothers, but you know my my metal raps brothers, will will be doing another episode for you tonight. Uh, metal raps has its own feed, as I've explained before. So if you're a big fan of what we do on metal raps and want to get it without all the banter in and out that I'm currently doing, or you just don't want to listen to Talking Metal and you only want to listen to Metal Raps, you can subscribe to Metal Raps on iTunes and you can leave a review. The reason I put it out over the feed here is because I I have gotten some good feedback from the Talking Metal listeners on it. And also the Metal Raps feed is only getting about, let's say less than 500 subscribers, probably about between four and 500 listens per episode. And I feel that the Talking Metal feed gets a a hell of a lot more than that. And it uh, gets it out to more people. You know, if if we were getting a thousand plus listens on the individual metal raps file that I post, I I might not be doing that here. But um, I'm going to keep doing it uh, for the time being. So you're going to hear that today, Mitch Joel, myself, and, and Mitch LaFon talking about hard rock and, and heavy metal. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, the, the Talking Metal feed, it's, it's, it's now getting a little confusing, this feed, because we, we have the main iTunes feed, which is uh, written in RSS language, 10 years old. Uh, probably not as up to date as it should be, but I don't want to lose the subscribers on iTunes because there are literally probably three to four thousand of them getting it strictly through iTunes. And I am now also posting a second file on Spreaker, a second talking metal file on on our Spreaker page, which I feel like blabbermouth and a lot of the brave words a lot of the news sites like that because they can embed it right in there right in there um 
blog or 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 website which they can't do with a with a file on itunes you know they just can't do it and i don't really have a a a player since we wrote the rss we own the rss i'm not using some some third company to provide me with an rss uh having said that spreaker does provide the rss for one-on-one with mitch lafon and then also this third version of talking metal so if you're following it i'm posting it on my own site one file. I'm posting a separate file of the same exact Talking Metal episode on Spreaker. I'm posting a third version of that same episode on Spreaker, a third MP3 on Spreaker, uh, which has no music. All the music's edited out of it. So I'm probably not going to play any music on this episode, but in general, you guys know Talking Metal has music. If for whatever reason you just want to hear the the talk, you can now go subscribe to a music-free version of Talking Metal on iTunes. All right, sorry for all the boring talk, but just wanted to throw that out there. And it, it does appear that the majority of our listeners still get this through iTunes. Again, it's hard for me to get an exact number on the subscribers, but the the, the file, the iTunes file, which also gets hit by <clears throat> other providers such as Stitcher, I mean, we're, we're up to like, you know, well over 4,000, sometimes as high as 6,000 per episode. Uh, so guys, thanks. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we don't really make any money off of this. Believe it or not, that listenership, which doesn't mean that that amount of people listen to it. It means they're downloading it. And I know because I subscribe to 10 podcasts. I don't listen to every episode of of Rock and Roll Geek Show. However, I do download every episode of it. I mean, if you if you follow me. So believe it or not, that, that number is not enough for me to attract major advertisers. We do have some advertising that I get through a company called Midroll, which provides us with some advertising here and there, but not much and definitely not much lately. They, they are now looking for podcasts that get 15,000 listens per episode or more, which is tough when you're doing a show about hard rock and heavy metal. So having said that, <laughs> here, here it goes, PayPal donations, dudes. Give me a PayPal donation. Uh, you know, I used to give shout a shout out to everyone who would give the PayPal donation. I, I did stop that, but if you want a shout out on the podcast, just just mention it in the PayPal donation. I don't care if it's two dollars or two hundred dollars. We've gotten two dollar donations. We've gotten actually a three hundred dollar donation once. You know, I don't care what what you're given. I will uh, shout out your name if you'd like me to. Just mention it in the donation, and you can donate to the PayPal account by going to talkingmetal.com. All right, let's let's get into metal raps, and then I'll come back and rap some more. Here it is, Mitch Joel, Mitch LaFon, and myself. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode number 21 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, I am joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how are you? Good, Mitch. Good. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm great, and as always, we're joined by the other Mitch, Mitch LaFon from 101 with Mitch LaFon. Mitch, how's it going? Good. Uh, always a pleasure to do these with, uh, with both of you. So one of the news items that really caught my eye, and again, there, there's part of me that goes like they're, they get really serious about these sorts of things. And in my brain, I'm like, are we serious? Are we doing this? Is like there's this sudden craziness around Rat and yeah. Stephen Piercy 
not MRAT, doing his own thing. This goes on and off again every couple of years, and he comes back, he leaves, he comes back. Then suddenly we have Bobby Blotzer claiming the throne of Rat and going out touring as Rat, even though um, nobody from the band is in it besides him. And then we have Juan Crucier, the, the bass player. He's on the road, and now they're battling over who has the right to use the name. And now Warren Martini, I think, is suing Bobby Blotzer, who I think has the name. And I'm left wondering, why do I even know these people's names anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting story i gotta say and they really defined their career by round and round and that's what we seem to be having for the last 20 years these battles that just keep going round and round and piercy's in like you said and you know i i exchanged some emails with with warren in the last week about this and uh, it's just messed up it's 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 messed up (laughs) there's really not what much else to say i mean these guys together can you can yeah. you can you unpack it? What what is like? Where are we currently at? Is everyone suing everybody? Does anybody care? Like, what is this? Do you know the situation? What's the situation? The situation is that uh, a few years ago, Warren and Bobby sued Piercy and gained control of the name as a partnership. And Warren owns fifty, and uh, Bobby owns fifty. And so Bobby decided that since the band's not touring, that Warren has de facto given up his rights in the company by being a non-participant or whatever he's no longer involved in the company and therefore uh, Bobby has taken control of the company because it is his business Um, and Warren sort of went "Uh, yeah no (laughs) and so here we are with uh, basically four well three bands out there Piercy, Juan and Bobby all playing the same clubs shaking it for 99 cents playing the same 10 songs it's it's very very peculiar and and i again like i'm sort of left wondering when i see cuz you know these videos are readily available so you can see Juan's version of it you can see Bobby's version of it i'm i'm really left wondering to what end and to what point so here we are saying you know business and i'm like 50% of what if you're touring clubs with the capacity that they are, which isn't a lot. And again, I'm not being insulting this band. I love this band. I, I would even go further and say, yeah, Round and Round was great, but Invasion of Your Privacy, I love that album. And I followed them and, and did my best through Way Cool Junior and all the way beyond that. I just, I look at this and I'm like, there's there's obviously very, very little interest and in what money could be left. And why does it even matter then? Well, there is a lot of money. That That's where I think you might be wrong. The song Round and Round is in incredible amounts of um, soundtracks last one being the wrestler uh, that that there's a lot of money coming yeah, but that in was a, the... that wasn't even they re-recorded that didn't they that was like George Lynch on guitar and and uh, it wasn't even the original yeah song uh, because they didn't want to pay the uh, the performance the royalties rights. yeah, yeah which right. we see we see, by right. the way which we see a lot of right bands who even own who don't own the rights to their own songs will re-record them yeah. to to have that happen so I mean Mark, but, where do you where do you see this? Yeah, I I think it's you know I think it's it's kind of sad you know I I would love to see Warren Demartini and and Stephen on on stage together uh, again. I thought you know that when they made their comeback and put out that uh, what was it Infestation I think it was the the album back probably oh. three or four years ago at this point. I thought that was a great great record and I was really excited. I thought Carlos uh, Carlos Cavazo, Cavazo from Quiet Riot was, was a great was, addition yeah. and and I you know I I, I tr- 
truly thought that was just a, a wonderful record and show had so much promise for you know a, a reboot and relaunch of of rat uh post robin crosby and uh, who was obviously such a big part of that band and wrote so many of the of of the classic riffs and songs so i i think it i think it's sad that they they couldn't uh, after the in Festation thing and Roadrunner really working that record and and that they couldn't get it together and go out there and do what they do and and they you know they do it so well I mean they're, they're so many great songs these guys are are just so overlooked I mean everyone remembers Motley Crue and people talk about Bon Jovi and stuff but what about Rat I mean Rat geez the songwriting was just incredible I mean so so good and I I love you know. Motley Crue, one of my favorite bands, but in some ways, Rat, you know, was just uh, maybe a notch above with the the, uh, the musicianship and, and the songwriting. Yeah, and, they, so they, and, and and it was a band that sort of was on a trajectory, and they they did well, but they right. didn't. I I don't think they ever, for me at least, they never crossed over into that sort of mega realm of the Crues and the Quiet Riot, evens at the time, or the Bon Jovi for sure. And it always was sad to me. I thought Stephen Piercy had such a very unique vocal styling. And again, people criticize him, don't criticize him. There, there are albums where I thought, this guy's just got such a unique, amazing voice. I mean, I think even Stephen jokingly tells people that he just, you know, or his kids, that like when he's going on the road, I'm just going to scream at people. Like, I don't think he claims to have the most amazing sort of vocal voice, but I, I thought he was very unique for hard rock and delivered amazing like you said, just great riffs, wanted man, just so many amazing songs. Yeah, yeah. And and that Amazing. said, by the way, they never really broke out of the states. They only did one headline show in Canada at Maple Leaf Gardens. They never played the Forum. They never played, you know, out in BC. Uh, they weren't doing tours in the UK and in France. They were pretty much the states, and then some Japan. Uh, for some reason, unlike Motley and unlike these other bands, they just couldn't, you know, cross yeah. the border. Which is well, they weird. blew up. They blew up after you know with with uh, out of the cellar, and then uh, on invasion they but not in uh, Canada. Yeah, well, yeah, but invasion, you know, they did. They, I saw them headline an arena, uh, probably pretty much sold out. Bon Jovi was the opener when I saw that. Uh, wow, that was on the invasion of your privacy yeah. tour. But we but, never got but that. Then after that, after that, uh, after the invasion tour, after that two or three year run from out of the cellar to invasion of your privacy they did struggle even in the states to to fill arenas and i think eventually uh just kind of gave up on that and then it was you know and i thought they were pretty much over and then they they you know came back and had the way cool junior hit and, and kind of had a little resurgence there um before just kind of falling off the radar and you know having the 90s takeover and everything. I actually saw him in the 90s when Crosby was still alive uh, before, but he was not touring with them at that right. point. Um, that was what, like Reach for the Sky or Detonator? Or yeah, yeah, they played like Irving Plaza in, in New York City, which is just a, a, t a tiny little place. But um, it, it was a fun show. I know, I think it, it was, I don't think Juan was with them then either, but it was it was Bobby, Warren, and, and Steven. And, and Robbie Crane. Bobby in the nineties, yeah, it could have yeah, been. It yeah, could have yeah. been. I'm not sure. I know I saw Robbie Crane with uh, Vince Neil with yeah. Vince uh, before, but I, I'm not sure. It could have been. Yeah, 
Possibly. And, and Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only time Rat ever played Montreal was 82 or 83, opening up for Ozzy Osbourne. They never headlined a show here, not even a club show. Saw that show. Don't know if they played others, but it's nope. true. When you think back to Out of the Cellar, which was 84, Invasion of Your Privacy, 85, album after album, even there was some stuff on Dancing Undercover, which might be contentious for some to hear, that I actually really enjoyed. So it's just such a strange thing when a band like that you know, again, they could pull it together. They could do the cruises. They could do the clubs, and it's just—it's just not meant to be. But when there are these strange lawsuits that sort of just keep coming through in the metal press, I feel like it's just so, you know, almost like a, a why bother sort of, sort of moment. Which is, it's, it's yeah, it's, I, I it's agree. Sad. I agree. Just so set it aside. Get Warren and Stephen and yep. Bobby, and go out and and do you know, and and Juan if he's if he wants to. I, I don't think Juan was a part of the. Uh, well, he was part uh, of Infestation. Infesta- was he? Yeah, he. Well, after after. That when they toured, he was part of it. He he was part right. of the last he last. Was, I don't formation. think he was on the record. I'd have that to I check. don't remember. Yeah, but he, he was playing shows with them up to very very recently and trying to pull it all back together. So, but with that, so we're talking about bands that sort of haven't transcended, and yet here we are. And Mitch, you had a really interesting Facebook post. Not that not that the other ones aren't, but this one really caught my attention because you were rattling off a bunch of album sales figures, and I have to say, like a lot of them really surprised me. I mean, surprised me. If I go back to when I was much more heavily involved in music, the sales numbers were significantly higher. We've got other mitigating factors here from from you know illegal downloading to, to streaming. But the numbers comparable to other bands in market, metal feels healthy. Would that be the right word? Yeah, it certainly seems to be. I mean, listen, there's Slayer, Five Finger, Death Punch, Bon Jovi. Um, who else was on that list? Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Maiden. Motorhead. Motorhead Maiden. and Iron Maiden. Maiden, yeah. Iron Maiden, yeah. I mean, they're all roughly doing around a quarter million worldwide sales two, three, four weeks after the release of their albums, which is remarkable because a lot of these bands, you would think they would sell 5,000 copies and they'd be done. And yet, a quarter million, they're, they're competing with the teen bands and with the, 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 the pop stars. And that's just remarkable, especially, you know, Motorhead, Motorhead, you know, closing in on a quarter million sales about three weeks after the album's out to me is, is wow. Wasn't expecting that at all, at all. Do do you think that, that there is some sort of, sort of retro feel where people like us have more disposable income? We're more inclined to want to buy full albums and not just singles. We want to support our artists, not steal. And even, I mean, I even find this with myself where sometimes I'll be streaming an album on RDO or Spotify and I'm like, I really like this. And I literally go to buy it almost like I'm throwing money into a tip jar. Like I just want to make sure the band is somehow aware in some random way that I want to support their music and I want to support their art and I want to support the fact that they're that they're making music. I, I do the same thing. I fully agree with that. Fully. We li- yeah. I, I stream on Spotify, especially new bands that I'm not sure of, like The Biters and, and Mustache and these new bands. And then I go, okay, this is worth the 10 bucks. I'm in. Let's do it. Um, I'll tell you. Band, go, go ahead, Mark. A mustache, a great overlooked band. Excellent. Totally overlooked. And the new album, Testosterone, is fantastic. I, I, yeah, I got, it, the last four records they put out have just been just incredibly good. I'll tell you my one little caveat on this, though, guys, is that I will often do this for albums that I don't even necessarily love, but I just want to support the artists. Agree. Agree. It's crazy. Agreed. Uh, And by the way, in terms of the album sales, 
a lot of them seem to be concentrated in the metal genre over in Europe. And that just goes to the whole culture. They're very, very, very dedicated and loyal to their bands. A Motorhead fan in Europe is a Motorhead fan till death. Whereas in North America, we tend to be, well, you know, I like the last album and, you know, talk to me when you have something else I like, which is unfortunate. A little more fly-by-night. So there was an interesting article on Blabbermouth, I believe it was. I'm not sure if I'm in Brave Words or not, but they were. it was with Kerry King from Slayer, who we already mentioned in this episode. And he was saying something along the lines of they would be good to go if there were some form of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. And it's a contentious thing for sure. We've talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ad nauseum in the 20 plus episodes we've done here at Metal Raps. You guys have done it on your own. I've done it on my own. We've done it over beers, over coffee, the whole thing. But as I read the article, what what I sort of wanted to throw to you guys and get your conversation around is – do you think that they would ever induct a band like Slayer? And if we were going to go with Slayer, are we going to be able to click out a little more? So we know Metallica is obviously in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but are we entering a new era where we could see a Slayer? We could see an Anthrax. We could see Megadeth. <laughs> I think so. Uh, just by the fact that they're they're running out of the hipster bands, you know, how many Patty Smythes are there out there? There's not a lot. So they're going to have to start expanding to Cheap Trick, to Boston, to Foreigner, to Slayer, all these great, great bands that have sold millions of albums that are totally ignored. They, they, they can't hold out forever. Uh, you, you but, know. but wait, but, but you know, they've been hesitant to go to the, to the fringes and I'm going to put Slayer in the fringes. You know, when you talk about, foreigner and stuff like that i feel like well they're 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 not doing that because you know it wasn't considered cool whether or not i agree with that or not is totally different but slayer was always cool it was just at such an edge mark yeah i mean i i i think i think slayer i could totally see them getting into the rock and roll hall of fame before foreigner um just because there, there is in the you know hipster community um, a, a kind of critical respect for for them. That let's face it, a band like Bon Jovi, who has obviously sold you know millions and millions more than Slayer, uh, has never had and will never have. You know, it, it's not it's not one's right, one's wrong. If, if anything, I, I think, you know, Bon Jovi should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I, but I could totally see Slayer getting in the, the Hall of Fame. It, it, is, it is interesting to note that, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is run by a bunch of guys like, you know, Jan Warner and, and Bill Flanagan and, and old school, like, like Northeast guys who, you know, grew up in, in the late 60s, early 70s. And, hippies. Uh, yeah, what well, hippies. Nah. And, and, I mean, Flanagan's probably not a hippie, but yeah. Uh, and then they trans- transcended into the, you know, the 70s, you know, uh, Lower East Side, CB's, GB's scene and stuff like that. And television and and you know the the velvet underground before them and and you know all those kind of hipster bands you are seeing at least in at rolling stone the the tide turn somewhat there there are now uh, a lot of uh, jan warner has turned the business over to his son gus and you're seeing guys like brandon who uh, brandon geist who used to run revolver magazine he is now working at rolling stone he's a big big metal guy you're seeing other 
people end up in the ranks there and 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 you know rolling stone uh warner uh whatever it is media is is what does that rock and roll hall of fame thing so i i think you're going to see the the tides change and soon enough these guys who are the the board of directors of the hall of fame are going to you know retire or 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 die and they're going to need new people in there and I, I believe there was some they didn't they change the way bands are voted in recently anyways which is how like rush and kiss rush, ended yeah. up getting in anyways so well there's been a restructuring and when you talk about that board of directors or how it started i, I you know Mitch, i would i'd go away from the hippie thing i think that what they were trying to do was to elevate the genre of rock and roll and focused on it as an art form your Lou Reed's, your Patti Smith's, right. your Madonna, on and on it, and I think that that that's that's sort of a that was a fair perspective, and I I think the question that I have back for you guys is, Mark, if that's the avenue you're going to go down, that there's a sort of credibility that Slayer has on the street with other genres of music, that it's sort of cool to have the Slayer patch on on basically anything, is it that as we get older? Slayer sort of edges itself closer to the sort of respectability of, let's say, a Ramones. Is it is it just this, this sort of the sands of time bring those things closer together, or do you think it's it's more where Mitch was going, which is they're running out of bands? No, I, I think it's a respectability thing. I think uh, that Slayer is, you know, again, it's like back to you know Ian Christie and and like you know the these. Uh, hipster like new york rock journalists have this respect for slayer you know even even you know the, the pitchforks and stuff out there that that they don't have for some of these bands that should should also be in the hall of fame um who have sold you know way more and still you know look at i mean slayer couldn't it was a disaster the last tour with on mayhem fest uh you know but um yeah, yeah. So yes, it's it's. I I put them. They're they're more in with the Ramones. They're more in with this hipster uh, crowd for whatever reason. You know, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But, but, but yes, if they were being respected, they would have already been mentioned as a possible nomination. They would already have been nominated. They, they're, we're getting there eventually because there's gonna they're just gonna run out of bands. If there, if it was respect. We'd already be at that advanced stage of, hey, we're, let's, let's have the conversation. Do we put them in this year? Do we put them in next year? We're not there, and we won't be there until all the other remaining bands fall by the wayside, and they have to go, all right, well, we got to do something for 2020, you know, or 2020. Well, there's a hybrid thought, which is sort of a, a, a jamble of what you're both saying, which is that the genre is going to start entering into that place of more respectability, and that timing wise they're going to have they are widening the genres and they've done this in the past obviously people would argue there's some funk bands in there that there's some rock bands should be in there before but I, I do think that that i do believe it's sort of a mixture maybe of both where it's both perfect you know there might be a perfect storm here and what i think is most interesting about this guys isn't the fact of whether or not slayer will get in or won't i think that they deserve to be as well i definitely do I think of what it opens up for everyone else because I think about all the, the, the hard rock and heavy metal bands that have come from that side that have just done insanely well that people believe have credibility. And if this matches up with the Rolling Stone ethos of this music now being seen more as an art form akin to how punk did for a bit 
that would be really interesting for metal, and I also think really well deserved for the genre that we we all love so much. So it's it, it, that I think that's a win win. Before Agreed. we take off, I'd love to know what you guys are listening to these days. Let's start off with Mitch. Ah, like I mentioned, Mustache, a new album that came out recently called Testosterone. It is fantastic. It is one of these bands. I think they're from Sweden, unless I'm wrong. Here we go. Uh, yes, it's yeah. Sweden rock. <laughs> but uh, Sweden rock. Uh, I don't know. But but Mustache, as Mark pointed out, is not a new, new band. Mark said the last four or five albums were good. These guys have been around for a while. Um, you just don't hear about them here. And so because I'm doing the, the, the one-on-one podcast, I get a lot of uh, people from different markets sending me, hey, can you interview? Can you interview? And so they, they pitched it mustache to me and it was so good that i went out and bought the japanese version because it had a bonus track on it um so there you go mustache the album's called testosterone check them out on youtube or on spotify they are there and buy them if you like them mark what are you what are you listening to uh you know a lot of different stuff most of it which i think i've already mentioned here in the show but I, i did come across this great kind of underground brazilian metal band and they're definitely kind of on the progressive tip but they have like kind of a raw edge which i like you know more so than say a band like dream theater ever had in my opinion um hebria and they're again from from south brazil and and just the great stuff their fifth record is about to come out and uh they have a whole back catalog they've been around for 20 years it just blew me away that that you know somebody like me didn't really even know about these guys in here they've been you know just uh really big in asia and in and in south america where they're from for the you know almost 20 years now but their fifth record again coming out i believe this this month and it's a self-titled record hebria h i b r i a check them out well, I haven't heard it, I'm going to mention the fact that I'm uber excited to hear the new Winery Dogs. So I can't wait to, to hear that. I'm I'm very, very eager. I love Absolutely, those guys. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear that. Uh, the two that are have got me going recently, I think I mentioned one of them in the last episode. It's still Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, his solo album, Higher Truth. Loving this guy. I think he has an amazing voice. If you haven't seen, they've been posting a lot of videos of Chris doing amazing covers like Nothing Compares to You uh, by Prince and Sinead O'Connor did it. Uh, there's also been some videos that have been posted recently of him and one of the guys in Pearl Jam doing some Temple of the Dog songs acoustically, Hunger Strike, and uh, just awesome. So just what a voice. Love the guy. And then one I don't think I mentioned but I've been getting into through streaming and I'm going to purchase it soon is the new Annihilator album. Uh, Suicide Society. I always liked that band. I always thought that they were a band that also just didn't get the sort of kudos they deserved in the thrash space. And uh, they're back, and they sound they sound great. It's a fun listen. So those are those are mine that that have got me going. As always, guys, a pleasure chatting and connecting and talking metal with you guys on Metal Raps number 21. We'll be back with Metal Raps number 22 very, very soon. Until then, you can always find me at, at Mitch Joel on Twitter or check out uh, my bass playing podcast, which is Groove, the No Trouble podcast at notrouble.com forward slash groove. Mark, let people know where they can find you and what you're up yeah, to. The, yeah, the Talking Metal podcast. It's on iTunes and everywhere else that you get your, your podcast from. You can check me out there. Mitch, what's going on in your world? Well, you can check me out on Twitter at, at Mitch Lafon, and of course uh, on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher. It's the One on One with Mitch Lafon podcast. Okay, but before we go quickly, Mark, who have you had on the show recently? People should check out, or who's coming up? 
Uh, I'm trying to think. We had Lita Ford on again for like the second time in the past like four months, and uh, she retweeted it, and then Blabbermouth picked it up, and it got all sorts of uh, listens. So that's a good uh, good one to check out. Clutch. I don't know if any there's oh, any Clutch fans Clutch. out there, but they have a a new record that's about to come out. Uh, Psychic Warfare, I believe it's called, which is really good. Uh, Love those guys. Yeah, the the new record's great. Uh, so we had um. We had Dan from Clutch on, too. So, yeah, those are some of the recent guests. Clutch. Love Clutch. Mitch, what do you got? Well, uh, I actually spoke to Richie Kotzen of the Winery Dogs recently, so I have that coming up. Uh, Udo from uh, formerly of Accept coming up as well. And since we were talking about bands carrying on with a drummer using the name, uh, Frankie Benelli of Quiet Riot also uh, coming up talking about their documentary. So a fun week of metal coming up on One on One with Mitch LaFawn. Good stuff, guys. Looking forward to episode number 22 of Metal Raps. We'll see you then. Yeah, so that was the most recent episode of Metal Raps, and you're hearing that here on the Talking Metal feed. Guys, you guys mean the world to me, the listeners. I love hearing from you. I get great comments on on our Facebook page. It's Talking Metal. Look it up. Like it. On my own personal Facebook page, a lot of you guys have connected with me. It's facebook.com slash mstriegel. And uh, Twitter is Talking Metal. Um, and I'm also on there as Striegel. I don't really do much with that account. But, yeah, hit me up. Be social. Talk to me. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what you are listening to. Let me know what you want to hear and who you want to hear from here on Talking Metal. It's a great way to support. So just let me know you're listening. Use those Amazon links if you're a USA listener. You can link right over to Amazon. Make all your normal Amazon purchases and we get a kickback on that. Those That's extremely helpful, guys, and I encourage you. Please, I know you guys shop on Amazon. Just make that additional step going to Talking Metal to link over to Amazon, and we get a kickback on that. Buy a t-shirt, Talking Metal t-shirts. Please buy one in the merch section on TalkingMetal.com. Like us on Facebook. I already said that, I think. Uh, What else? Leave a review on iTunes. It's very helpful. Go leave a review for this. If you like the no music version of Talking Metal and you're listening to that, leave, leave a review on the no music page uh, on iTunes, uh, the no music version of Talking Metal page on iTunes. That's it. I'm staring right now at a massive pile of laundry and a Queensryche Condition Human LP, two LPs it looks like. I haven't pulled the the wrapping off of it yet, but um, my kids are asleep. My wife is out. She's doing a play. She's uh, wrapping up a a thing, nine to five community theater. She's been doing that and uh, i think i'm gonna take a listen to this i've I've heard it already i've got the mp3 sent to me but gonna listen to the vinyl and fold clothes that's how we roll here on a on a saturday night (laughs) in the striegel household the kids are asleep the dogs are by my feet i'm drinking a coney island brewing hard root beer which i don't like i bought a six pack i had one of these hard root beers at a party and i was like all wasted and i was like oh this is great and then i bought a six pack and it's literally taken me like a month to get through the six pack because i don't really like like the taste of this stuff but i'm trying to kill it this is the last one then i'll be going back to uh beer and and scotch my regular drinks oh okay dudes hey let's end with some new queens right speaking of right 
This is off of the condition human record, which I am literally, I swear to God, I'm going to pull this uh, wrapping off the vinyl and throw it on the turntable as I fold close. Let's, uh, let's, let's get out here with this. This is Hellfire off the New Queens record. Take care, guys. See you next time. PayPal donation, please, please.